You're listening to Warriors in the Dust, the official Fink Desert Race podcast. So listen up now. Welcome to Warriors in the Dust. I'm your host, Murray Sulby, and have we got a treat for you in this episode. Between them, they've won seven, seven King of the Desert titles, and we'll have a listen in to their conversation shortly. A lot of fun. We were just regaling of how much fun it was um, back in those early 2000s of, uh, of the, uh, the so-called rivalry, but there really wasn't any. Um, and just, just great times, great times. Yeah, I, I agree with Rick, yeah, like, that was a lot of banter over the years early on, yeah, with the bikes versus the cars, you know, more, more tongue-in-cheek than anything, really, but uh, we always thought that we weren't too far away. You may have noticed there, one of them is Rick Hall, my co-host, two-time king of the desert on a bike, and the other, Mark Burrows, five-time cars king of the desert, and a legend, a legend of off-road motorsport. Those two up shortly. I also speak with a self-confessed motorhead who has travelled the world attending iconic motorsport events. And he says the Fink has to be on everyone's bucket list. The race over in the States that goes down the Baja Peninsula, and uh, that's a pretty iconic race, and the Fink Desert Race probably outshines that, I think. Rick's tip is back after a public outcry when we missed Rick's tip in the last episode due to some unforeseen circumstances. He's back with a tip and it concerns the way riders approach the track. I hope everyone does that and and, uh, they'll have a better time. So if you're riding a bike in this year's race or know someone who is, you'd better have a listen to Rick's tip. All of that on Warriors in the Dust. Two-time Fink winner on a bike, Rick Hall, is with me. G'day, Rick. And Rick, we're about to meet a true legend of off-road racing. And for all the titles he's won, he seems to be universally acknowledged as a great bloke too. Is, Is that what you would say? I would never dispute that, my friend. Uh, thanks for having me back again, Murray. But uh, yes, a really, really nice fella, and uh, I think he's in the uh, is in the Hall of Fame for being a nice fella, not a, other than <laughs> uh, being a great driver. So, uh, so yes, just a a really top fella, the nicest guy, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, actually. Okay, well, it's a travesty, but he's a legend who's little known outside his own field of expertise, I guess. And that's not being disrespectful on my part, but a whole lot of Australians need to hang their collective heads in shame. Consider this for a rap sheet. Five-time Fink King of the Desert in the cars, including three successive titles between 98 and 2000. And leading up to those titles, he was second in 96 and 97. Back-to-back in 2002 and 2003, second places in 2005 and 2009, third in 2013 2019 champion of the australian off-road championships but he's won it nine times overall and that's not all he's also rightly an australian motorsport hall of famer so that's the legend let's now meet the man behind the legend mark burrows welcome mark 
Thank you, Murray. Yeah, no, it's, it's great to uh, be involved in this uh, leading up to the, the biggest race in uh, off-road race in Australia. So, um, yep, yeah, we're, uh, we're all keen and ready to get into it. Now, did I uh, miss anything there? It's quite a record. Yes, no, 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 that, that seems to be all there. So uh, we've, we've had a great, great uh, run over the years in off-road racing. Like I started when I was well, 16 years old, really. I navigated then and uh, we've been involved in it ever since. And um, it's a great sport, great, great family sport and, uh, yeah, a whole lot of fun. And Rick, you've uh, known Mark for a long time. Uh, you've even raced against each other, if you like, because there used to be one king of the desert. There's now two, uh, one for the bikes, one for the cars. And Rick, um, you two are racing at the same time? No, we were never racing at the same time. The cars were pitted against the bikes. And uh, and unfortunately, I was the first, first bike rider to lose to a car, but that's okay um, because I'd ne- we were never on the same track at the same time but uh but a lot of fun we were just regaling of how much fun it was um back in those early 2000s of uh of the uh the so-called rivalry but there really wasn't any um and just just great times great times mark you've obviously uh put your heart and soul and probably even a truckload of money i would have thought in into the sport you love do you think that uh, the rest of Australia should really be bowing down upon mention of your name because of your achievements? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not sure about that one. <laughs> You've had a no, lot of, no lot of I don't think so. But yeah, I, I agree with Rick. Yeah, like there was a lot of banter over the years early on. Yeah, with the bikes versus the cars. You know, more, more tongue in cheek than anything, really. But uh, we always thought that we weren't too far away. And we ended up um, really studying the times from, from the race that Rick and Steve Greenfield and them, them fellas were doing at the time. And uh, we sort of worked out where we needed to make some time or at least get near them because they were really quick through the real rough stuff compared to the cars. And uh, so we came back. So I live on a farm and we've got earth moving gear. So, so I tried to replicate the whoops with our machinery and, and just kept working at the car and getting it to go through the rough bits. And uh, then we were able to to actually do the good time in uh, 99 it was. So, yeah, so uh, we're, we're lucky. And, you know, look, it's something I hang my hat on now. We're lucky enough to be the first one to do it. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> Rick obviously won the bikes that year, but we, we still had a, a, you know, a, a great time at the, at the end of the race and the presentation. And, yeah, it was uh, fantastic. Still a lot of fun. Um, I think about it now and still have a big smile on my face, Mark. How much do you reckon the uh, buggies have changed in the years that you've been doing it, mate? Do you think there is it going to stop? They just seem to be getting bigger and faster, and just when you see them go past, they're quite incredible, aren't they? Yes, yes. So they have they've changed a lot. Pro- probably the um, the drive line part of it, we, because we could always only have a certain amount of horsepower, and we'd start breaking transmissions and stuff. So now now they make a drive line that can handle. You know, up to 800 horsepower, really. So, um, so, so they, they've got, we've got that sorted. And now we've got heaps better suspension. You know, these more, more shock absorber companies like Kings and Fox and all them making really good shock uh, setups for the cars there. Now the next stage, they're, they're all-wheel drive. So um, they're starting to make their way into it just now. So, uh, yeah, so that'll be interesting. 
Toby Price has got an all-wheel drive this year. Is that correct? Do you th- do you know that? Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure that he's his all-wheel drive. I know he's got a new truck, but I don't yeah. know that he's his all-wheel drive. I, I know Hayden Bentley's got the latest model one for America, um, and it's all-wheel drive, and like it's uh, it'll be just unbelievable to watch. So uh, to watch it in action, and there's a few getting built, and now now there's a few buggies. There won't be any yet. Think, but there's a few buggies coming through now that are all-wheel drive as well. So um, sorry, mate. That'll be better pulling through the sand and over the whoops, and particularly through corners. Yes, yes. So that's right. It'll it'll be really good on the really good on the prologue track, which is really important to think, obviously, especially in the cars. And that's right. It's just more drive everywhere. I think they lose a little bit of top end, but yeah, they got plenty of that anyway. So I, I think it'll be <laughs> huge any shots, eh? So, uh, but uh, yeah, we're we're not going down that. I, the new car I'm building, they're both just two wheel drive ones. So we're sticking with with that. I don't want to be starting to recreate the wheel just just at the moment. So uh, we'll stick with what we know. The mind bog was just how expensive they'd be, mate. Um, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a dreamer. Then, then someone mentions to me that you need X amount to get in there just to be competitive, and I go, "Oh no, maybe I'm pretty happy with riding a bike." <laughs> that's that's right. Yeah, that that's only that. The, the good thing, at least there is still classes that are relatively, you know, inexpensive, I guess. But yeah. but when you get in with the big boys, you know, the the, the big new trophy trucks and the all wheel drive buggies and stuff. Like they're starting to talk a lot of money. You know, like you're getting up, yeah. you know, over over five hundred thousand anyway. So, uh, can, can you tell me. us a little bit about that, Mark? Because you're obviously over. You, you've been competing what twenty one years, I think, in the Fink, and so yes. you've obviously poured quite a bit of money in there. You must have a very understanding family, um, and this you're not going to get it back in prize money. Um, so no. Why Why do you do it? Um. It's just, uh, well, I do I do most of the car myself, yeah, and not so much now because I'm so busy now with work and stuff, but when I first started, I used to do my own engines and my own transmission and do everything myself just, just to try and keep the costs down. And that, that was the fun part of for me, like to be able to build it yourself, take it up there, race it and go all right. And, um, and it, was, it was the challenge of that. Yeah, and now, well, I just, I just love the sport, yeah, that, that I stay involved now. Um, just because I love it so much, you know. So we, we, you know, in reality, we probably, if all the real fast young blokes are going, we, we can just sort of hang in in the top 10. But we're by, you know, we're nipping at the heels, so they only have to make a mistake and we're there. So um, so that, that's where we're at at the moment. But, yeah, like, I think that's that's what I love about it is just the, um, the adventure of it, you know, the adventure. Because every year the track's different. And every year it's different on the way down to the, on the way back. Yeah, you know, everything changes so much. Weather and, conditions and track conditions, and yeah. It's and great. Can you tell us a little bit about the decision making process or the debate about whether to go buggy or trophy truck? How do you make that decision, and and why would you go with one over the other? So not that many years ago, the buggies were much more light and nimble and quicker. Yeah, you know, like they were just so, so much quicker in the trucks. But the trucks have come a long way, especially with suspension development. That so they. A, a place like Fink, they are, they are really fast. Like they're hard to beat. Like they're probably the way to go. But they're much more work to to look after. There's a lot of work involved in them, and they're fairly expensive to build. So that that probably puts a few off. If you want to run, you know, in the top at top of the field. So uh, that's where the buggies are still a little bit cheaper and and easier to work on. Basically. And Rick, tell us a little bit about the quality of of market as, as a competitor. I mean. 
We listed the achievements there. And even in 2019, he was fourth. He was 2019 off-road championship, national champion. So um, he's still up there. Tell us a little bit about your impressions. Well, he's just, sorry, Murray, he's just explained to us that he loves coming to Alice Springs. He loves competing and um, he's so humble. Um, And again, he's just a good bloke. And and that's why he's he's one one of the, reasons why I think such a good race is because it's full of really competitive people but they're not only they're competitive they're just good people and Mark um, your son Matthew is it is navigating for you um, any pressure for for you two to swap seats <laughs> there is a fair bit of pressure Matthew um, actually navigated last year which was his first time his first thing and um, and we we're sort of hoping we get something going a bit quicker, but another car organised a bit, a bit faster. But it's been a bit slow going, so he's going to navigate for me again this year. And then at the end of this year, that we knew I should have this new one up and running. I hope so. He's going to take the one I've got and uh, that we're running now and turn into a pro light. So take the turbos off basically. And then my other young, my youngest son, he's going to navigate for me next year in the new car. So so we'll have two two cars around. Right and I'm really excited about that. Yeah, to have have the two cars with you know, with your son driving one and another son in the other one and you know I'm uh, I'm dying to sort of get involved in all that and and then I don't know how many more years I'll keep at it but but you know if they if them two want to keep going in them cars well I'll uh, I'll, I'll sit in the sit in the pits with Rick and we'll talk about old times we'll win races we used to win those That's bench racing bench <laughs> <laughs> racing um, we, we were mentioning prior to this interview that uh, you and I got to go to Sydney once and we're entertained by Bruce Garland. We can't go into too much of what happened that afternoon, but for you and I, it was quite memorable. Yeah, it certainly was. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, Brucey was one to keep you entertained, so he had that sense of humour and laugh <laughs> and the place he took us weren't that savoury, <laughs> weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! But, uh, he's another one of you know, one of the the real characters of the Fink race over the years. Like there's there's been so many of them, and, and Brucey is definitely one of them, isn't he? So uh, yeah, no, he's a nice fellow, Bruce. So but, yeah, that no, was a, was a good time up in Sydney. We uh, had a bit of a look around in a few places, and uh, it was good to get out of there. Really, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Let let me let me steer this ship back on course. Someone's got yeah, to. Um, <laughs> How about this this uh, this year's race? Uh, assuming you're going to win it, um, Mark, uh, who's going to fill the placings behind you? So, well, there's just so many to choose from now, and um, of course, the, the the normal ones that have won it before. Thinking of Shannon Ranch has got a brand new car. It'll be very interesting. So that it's the latest model Dimco buggy with all the latest suspension and everything. So. Um, I've heard some good things about that, so it's supposed to be there. It's supposed to be really good in the real rough stuff and that. So he'll be there. And then there's the new young gun, who Josh Howells, who went well at Pink last year. He's won the first round this year up in Queensland, and uh, he's shown a lot of speed. So I think I think he'll be one to watch. But there's just so many, just so many in the cars. I'm not sure about the bikes. I'm, um, but yeah, there's, of course, Toby Price in the truck. There's a lot of trucks. Um, Barry Robinson, Hayden Bentley in the new four-wheel drive one. Like, there's just too many to mention, really. So uh, it's going to be a hard one to win. That's for sure. 
Well, good on you, Mark. We uh, appreciate your time so much for joining us. And uh, it is an amazing record that you've achieved over the years. And the fact that you're still up there with a chance after two decades, more than two decades, is just amazing. It's testament to your abilities, firstly, but also your commitment as well. So congratulations on your record. Best of luck for this year. And um, thanks again for joining us. Yeah, no, thank, thanks for having me on, Murray. It's been fantastic. And uh, thanks, Rick, for the for all the good banter and stuff. So um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing this all up there. And, uh, and yeah, we'll have a great weekend, I'm sure. You will, mate. And, uh, yeah, thanks, mate. It, it's great chatting and catching up. And uh, I think we all miss, missed last year. So, uh, so we're, we're extra keen for this year. Yeah, for sure. Australian Off-Road Motorsport and five-time Fink King of the Desert in the cars, Mark Burrows there. What a legend Mark Burrows is, Rick. Yes, just a really great, humble guy and uh, so successful, as you outlined. And he'd, you could, uh, I used to say to people, you'd meet Mark uh, in a pub somewhere, he'd never mention how good he is. So he's just, just one of those guys that you could talk to all day and never know how good he is in a car. So, uh, so yeah, it's always good to talk to him about, uh, about his, uh, his successes and his love for Fink. And it is one of those cases, isn't it, where someone really has achieved a huge amount in their sport, and yet most of Australia would never have heard of them. And it does seem a little unfair in some ways. Yeah, it does. But uh, but I guess everyone in and around Fink knows Mark Burrows, and anyone everyone throughout the Australian off-road scene knows who Mark Burrows is. So I guess that's the main thing. And uh, to be recognised by your peers and within your own fraternity, if you like, is a great thing. One of the great things about him is that he does seem to be recognised for being just a great bloke as much as for his achievements on the track. Now, um, Rick, um, we didn't have Rick's tip last week due to what we call in the business technical difficulties, and um, there was a huge outcry. <laughs> I, I had people calling me on the phone saying, where is Rick's tip? So here we go. It is time for Rick's tip. Rick's tips. Now, um, Rick, do you uh, do you like your jingle? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's great, <laughs> Murray. Thanks. I would just like to to tell that particularly there's. I know there's a lot of first-time Fink uh, racers this year and probably a lot of them have never raced before, but my my big advice to them is, is to try and stay out of what we call race lines. So it's a, in the bikes, there's a single line where you gather enough speed, you'll, you'll stick to the same line every time. If you can just stay off of that, you'll avoid a lot of, a lot of harsh bumps. So you'll avoid breaking bumps into, into corners You'll avoid holes um, out of corners, which are caused by acceleration. So if you can have a good look at the track um, and find out where all these race lines are and just stay off of them a little bit, your race to Fink and back is going to be that much better. Because one of the interesting parts or facts about Fink is that the cars and the buggies, the trophy trucks, they go out first, early in the morning, and then the bikes follow. So what might have been a reasonable track for uh, you know at first light suddenly becomes pretty rough doesn't it especially on the trip back home 
Yeah, it does. It does. And uh, um, I once rode a slower bike, believe it or not, Murray, and uh, a young fella followed me for a, for a, for a fair while. And uh, he wrote, then wrote a blog about how it was the best performance ever because he stuck to my lines, which were basically just staying out of race lines and uh, trying to stick to the edges of the track because I was on a slower bike and uh, I, I didn't have enough momentum with it to, to jump over whoops. So I just stuck to the edges of the track and tried to find all the smooth lines and just thought my way through it and, and it made for a better race. But unfortunately this young fella found me out and wrote about it. So, uh, <laughs> So anyway, I hope everyone does that and, uh, and uh, they'll have a better time. Another great tip from Rick. Good on you, Rick. Uh, great advice from two-time Fink winner on a bike, Rick Hall. And uh, thanks again for joining us this week, Rick. Uh, great to have your contribution. Thanks for having me, Murray. I love talking to Mark. I think he's a... Again, he's a great bloke, and I don't think we can say it enough. And uh, I don't think he's ever interviewed enough, to be honest. Um, he deserves, as you and I would both agree, he deserves a lot more recognition. And he'd never admit to that, but uh, you and I could, you and I have played our part anyway. Okay, here on uh, Warriors in the Dust, we've been uh, speaking to all sorts of people. We've been speaking to the champions who have won the race in both cars and motorbikes. But we've also spoken to some of the fans who really make the event. And I'm going to speak to another one now who travelled halfway across the country to be at the Fink. And uh, his name is David Tweddle. And David, thanks for joining us. Um, Why would you travel right across the country or halfway across the country at least to watch the Fink? Well, I, I guess I'm a committed petrol head. I've uh, been lucky enough to travel all around the world attending iconic motorsport events. I've been to the Goodwood Revival in England, to Shelsley Walsh Hill Climb in England, uh, Laguna Seca in California, Bonneville, the Indianapolis 500, uh, Lake Gairdner for the Speed Week, Bathurst many times to the Isle of Man. They are all fantastic events, all with their own flavor. Many, many years ago, I rode in the Hatter Desert race on a trail bike and got to see what fast guys really had. I couldn't believe how quick the fast guys were. And when I heard about the Think, I thought, gosh, I wouldn't mind going and having a look at that, but I'm not gonna be crazy enough to ride in it. So I went, Went over to Alice Springs, which is just a beautiful part of the world. I went for a trail ride there back in about 2007, something like that. And it's stuck in my mind, just a beautiful countryside there. And I thought, gosh, a mate of mine's riding in the Fink. I'd always thought he was crazy. This will confirm it. (laughs) And uh, it was just an indescribable event on so many levels. Nothing like getting up early in the morning and walking on frozen ground to stand and watch motorbikes fly past. <laughs> and you you mentioned some of those iconic events you've been to see, including Bathurst. And some people describe the Fink as uh, the off-road racing world's Bathurst. Um, how does the Fink Desert Race compare with some of those iconic events around the world that you have seen? Yeah, good question. 
when I went to the Isle of Man, I knew the bikes would be fast. So I was, I was pretty prepared for them to be going past me pretty quickly. But there's nothing like standing on the side of the Solby Strait, which is a bumpy country road, which is downhill for about a mile, and have four R1 Yamahas go past you side by side on the rev limiter in sixth gear. You can't explain it. It's just indescribable. And standing on a sand dune in the middle of the Fink Desert Race Track, and you hear these bikes coming, and you think, no, that can't, that, that can't be true, because you can hear them. They're up the top of their revs, and they're not backing off. They've just got it pinned, and you see them coming at you, and then they whoosh past you, and then you get the Doppler effect because the sound changes when they go past you, and your jaw drops, and you're just in awe. It is unbelievable. And would you say it has the status of a, of a Bathurst, if you like, in this particular field of off-road racing? Is it, uh, do you think it earns that sort of respect? Absolutely. It's an event where the professionals, like the top 10% in either the cars or the bikes or whatever, uh, are truly in world class. They spend whatever they have to to go as fast as they possibly can. They have helicopter support. It is just mind-blowing. The top 10% guys in any of the classes are faster than you can possibly describe. And then there's the, the, the rest of the guys who are all riding fast or driving their cars fast. So, yeah, it's definitely up there in the professional top level of motorsport. And you mentioned a whole bunch of iconic events around the world that you've seen. Do you think the thing should be on a bucket list similar to that? Absolutely. Absolutely. There is the, the race over in the States that goes down the Baja Peninsula, and uh, that's a pretty iconic race. And the Fink Desert Race probably outshines that, I think, for the spectacle of the countryside and the accessibility from Alice Springs um, it's a beautiful place to visit, and the, the motorsport part of that is just mind-blowing. I can't, I can't put in words just how fast they travel across that country. We've spoken a lot about the, the guys up the front, whether it be in the cars or, or on the motorbikes, and, but really, you know, are the true heroes, and I you know, must declare a self-interest here, are the true heroes the guys, say, I don't know, about 290 90th place and further back are they the true heroes because the track has been cut up so much by all the other guys and girls oh yeah absolutely and and when you see them and they're really putting it in there good and, and then you, yeah and then you <laughs> see one of the guys go past and you think oh he's that's an unusual motorbike and at the end of the event the event i wandered over and tried to work out why he had his motorbike set up the way he did and he was a paraplegic and he was riding the event and uh, so it goes from guys that are just wanting to see if they can finish the race to guys that want to see if they can improve on their time before a lot of the entrants do it more than once so they are definitely crazy mm -hmm. it's it's an amazing event you said you you love the area of around Alice Springs the landscape etc and as an event, uh, what was what was the atmosphere like in town with all the people in town for it? Oh, it was fantastic! It's uh, 
it's not really a party town. You you get the underlying current that people are uh, they're a bit apprehensive. The, the competitors are all a bit apprehensive before they start, um, but you can see the preparation that they've put in. For a lot of people, it's a big commitment because they've got a long way to go, and it's a such a hard race. It's probably 50-50 as to whether they're going to finish or not. But once the event's actually on, the spectators, uh, uh, it's just a fun event. I couldn't, I couldn't, I'd go back tomorrow. In fact, I probably we will go back and watch it again, I would think. And did you uh, attend scrutineering and, and a few other events as well? Uh, prologue day, perhaps? Sure did. The prologue day was interesting. Uh, that's when you get a feel for the fact that uh, there's a lot of dust in Alice Springs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you could see it from space. After the, the about half an hour of the prologue, they've almost got a cyclone of dust going up into the air. <laughs> what, what's your top tip for someone coming from interstate like you did to watch the Fink? Um, what would your be uh, top tip be to spectators? Bring a girlfriend or someone to keep you warm. <laughs> <laughs> it is really, really cold first thing in the morning. Uh, so you, you need to be able to rug up. But then as the day goes through, by about 10 o'clock, you're back to a T-shirt and shorts. Um, and in my case, I took along a stubby holder as well. So I had a couple of beers out in the desert and looking in the desert sky of an evening. It was just wonderful. So you need to have an argument about 10 a.m. and then make up by three or four. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the plan. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, good on you, David Tweddle. Thank you very much for joining us and hopefully you can get back and see the big race again sometime soon. I'd love to. Thanks, Murray. That wraps up this episode of Warriors in the Dust. So thanks again to our guests, Mark Burrows, who is going for title number six in the cars this year. David Tweddle for putting the fink in its place on the world stage. And of course, my co-host Rick Hall, himself a two-time Fink winner. His contribution, as usual, has been priceless. Keep listening as the weeks tick closer to the June long weekend and the Fink Desert Race, as there'll be more stars, more legends, and more fun coming up on Warriors in the Dust. In the meantime, I'm Murray Silby. Thanks for listening, and stay safe, be happy, and go fast. You've been listening to Warriors in the Dust, the official Fink Desert Race podcast. Move along now.